This is Off the Record, the weekly KOTO public affairs show that offers you, the listener, an opportunity to hear in-depth conversations on community topics and issues that matter. As always, you are encouraged to join the conversation by calling 728-4333. Now here's your host. All right. Yes. Good evening. This is Off the Record. Uh, I'm your host, Gavin McGough. As I said a moment ago, the Telluride Arts Small Grants um, have been released for this year, and we've gathered some of the grantees. I'll introduce them in a moment. Um, But yeah, the grant program has been going strong since 1999 when it began, and over the years it's funded over 300 projects, as I understand. Um. So, uh, we have four, uh, five, well, four or five of this year's grantees joining us in the studio, which is not all of them. Um, and I also will say that, uh, Telluride Arts has also partnered with the Augment Foundation to fund artists working specifically in the local music scene. And we don't have any Augment grantees on tonight, but listen up to future newscasts because we hope to feature a few of those artists Um, there as well in the future. Anyway, let me introduce this evening's guests. Uh, I have Trang Pham with me, um, and she teaches at the AHA School, mostly in the culinary program, um, works in catering and fine dining in town as well. Uh, What else do you want to tell us, Trang? Um, I have been doing latte art now for... Over a decade. Latte art. Yeah. Nice. So that is actually what I'm on to talk about. Cool. Hmm. Okay. Well, we can't wait to hear more. Great. Um, I also have in studio Zoe Cooper and Jackie McCormick. Um, they are both from the Mountain School where Jackie is a teacher. Zoe is a student. And they're going to be talking about um, their projects here this evening. Um do you want to say hello to the listeners and add anything uh, that I might have missed to your introduction? Uh, sure. Hi, I'm Jackie McCormick, and I brought along uh, Telluride Mountain School student Zoe Cooper. She's a, an inspiring artist and a creative student, and she helped spearhead this project. So I just thought she should come along and share her point of view. Hi, I'm Zoe, and... I had an idea to do something for our school, and then me and my teacher, Jackie, we just, like, did the grant and stuff, and so, yeah. Cool. Well, we can't wait to hear more. Uh, Justin Criado is the editor of the Daily Planet in uh, the Telluride Daily Planet. He is also a creative writer and recently published a short story collection, which was also funded by a small artist grant, as I believe. Um, but he's back at it again. Yeah, thanks for having me. I guess my pen name is Reverend Justin Criado, because I am an ordained minister, but I only use it for, uh, you know, I guess my byline. But yeah, my first collection of um, creative nonfiction pieces, Chronicles of Chaos, was a Tyred Arts project. So starting the whole indie author-publisher journey. Cool. And we actually have so many grantees, we don't have quite enough mics. Um, so, you know, he might have to shout to be heard, but Ian McMullen is here in the studio. He is a filmmaker, printmaker, graphic designer. Um, what else? What else What else would you like to share? Yeah, cool. I guess, yeah, a lot of things. Um, 
Yeah, hi, I'm Ian, um, and I'm a designer and a freelance film editor, filmmaker, whatever you want to call it. But um, yeah, been here for about four years and just kind of had an idea for sort of a community zine project, and it's um, pretty much very in development right now, but I have some cool ideas and some friends and some contributors, so I'm excited to get started on it. Thanks for the grant. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, welcome, everyone. Listeners, if you'd like to call in this evening, do not hesitate. We are at 970-728-4333. And if you call in with a lost and found item during the hour, we will put you on the air. So just keep that in mind. Um, but we'd love to hear from you nevertheless. Anyway, um, I would love to just start with... Uh, hearing about where you all are in your creative practices, creative pursuits, um, what kind of some of your inspiration has been recently, and what brought you to apply for the grants this year? Does anybody want to dive in? Sure, I will. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is Jackie. And like I said, Zoe was kind of the impetus for to apply for the grant being that she thought the bus stop up in Lawson Hill looked a little boring and could use a little spice and flavor. So we're trying to change it from a bus stop to an art stop. <laughs> That's the goal. <laughs> so is this the Mountain School bus stop? This or is, is this the just Lawson uh... Hill bus stop, but our students wait there for the bus. And I've been an art teacher at the Mountain School for nine years now, so... Every year I try to do some kind of collaborative project, and this is just a bigger one that we're trying to take on. Cool. Yeah. Um, Zoe, what, 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 how would you describe the bus stop as it is currently? Well, it's, it can fit everyone if you're going on the bus, but it's kind of just boring. And when you're sitting in there in winter, it's like you just look at it, and then it kind of ruins the vibe because it's just brown and dusty everywhere and so I thought it would be a good idea to paint it and like make it colorful and stuff yeah bring it to life mm -hmm. cool do you have any um specific plans on how you uh like want to get the painting done want to get other people involved want the final product to look like any sort of thoughts about that well Every year, our school goes on these trips that we call OE trips, and they're like trips, sometimes they're around the world or around the state, and they're super fun, and so I thought that we could paint the, like the trips, so sometimes we go on ski trips or river trips or like anywhere, kind of, and so I kind of wanted to base it on the stuff we do there. Yeah, and outdoor education is what OE stands for. We also have a spring trip that's experiential education, so the students go on trips twice a year. And there are plenty of fun trips for them to reflect on. And I was hoping to put out a call for artists from former and current students and see who wants to display their favorite trip or something that inspired them in their life and put it into the bus stop. Cool. How big is the bus the stop? The art stop, sorry. The art stop. <laughs> uh, how big is it? You could probably fit 15 to 20 students in it. Ooh, there's a lot of room to paint. 
Yeah, there's a yeah. there's a number of panels, so trying to use the art, the money from the grant to pay artists to make it happen and cool. materials too, obviously. So will will there be a kind of a range of ages? Yeah, it should be. We're hoping to get a range of ages for students and possibly current or former teachers as well. Awesome. And um, do you have a you have a painting or visual art background? I love art. I am I'm an art teacher because I was teaching in New York City and a lot of the projects that we would do were social studies based but also had a creative side to them. I'm a project based uh, learning type teacher. So art has always been something that I've infused in my teaching and luckily I teach the fifth and sixth graders at the mountain school. Privileged. <laughs> Cool. Um, does anybody else want to share uh, a moment of inspiration that they had um, leading up to their grant application? Um, hi, this is Trang. Um, so I started the whole latte art journey about, I guess, 11 years ago when I first moved to Telluride and working at the Coffee Cowboy and didn't know anything about off-season. And back then, off-season was a real thing. So I was the only one around working all the shifts and there were nobody <laughs> around to actually buy coffee for me so i turned on youtube and thought maybe i'll teach myself how to do latte art and that's what i did i just bought a lot of milk and a lot of espresso beans and just sat there and um learned how to actually do etching which is the form of latte art that i do um the the real um skillful one is actually called free pour and that's something I'm still trying to work on. But um, in applying for this grant, it's uh, it's been a while since I've actually worked with coffee, like on a daily basis. And during COVID, I did um, try to dabble back into latte art. But, Do you have a setup at home? Um, I have a, like a, a pretty elementary setup at home. Um, it does take about five minutes to steam up the milk. So <laughs> 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 it's not like I can actually just... Uh, you know, crank out any latte art whenever I please. Um, but, you know, the whole purpose of this whole project was to, A, um, hold me accountable to actually go back and pursue my art, and B, um, it's to highlight the people of Telluride. So this is kind of something that I um, started working on a few years back, but I would like to go back and, and you know, actually do more with it. Um, and it's not just drawing random things in my art. I, I want to... You know, take a photo of people and draw them into their their coffee cup. Um, and the whole details on what the project is going to be is still in the works. Um, like, you know, in terms of like who should be able to be drawn in my my latte art and et cetera. But um, so far, um, I have done quite a bit of these portraits in a coffee mug or what I used to call it. Um, I probably did about 100 so far. And so I would like to do more. Hmm? Yeah. Have you ever made art that's so beautiful people just won't drink it? Uh, you know, people are obsessed with coffee, so they say they won't drink it, but they'll still drink it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's an addiction. Um, what's the best type of milk for this sort of thing? Um, just regular whole milk. Yeah. Yeah, skim milk is a little bit too watery, so it kind of spits apart. All the nut milks are a little bit too hard to actually for me to get that canvas because it's um it's basically I'm painting. 
So I am using milk as my canvas and um, espresso as my paint. So, um, right. So you yeah. kind of have a gradient from like the the coffee color to the white of the milk, and yeah. Use mm-hmm. like a toothpick. Um, I use a thermometer, the end of a thermometer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pointing. Pretty much anything that's pointing. Um, but yeah, um, I've tried doing it with food color, which kind of works some. But it does. You, you when you're doing like the latte art, you really only have about five minutes um, because then your canvas just sinks. <laughs> yeah, and so um, you know that th- I'm just hung up on that. This is a very kind of literal way in which food can be kind of like artistic or visual or um i think there's a long debate over you know like is food an art is it a craft you know where does it fall do you have any comment on that knowing you also teach culinary classes um or just as a food person in general food is an art but it's also you know a sustenance so um I think of my food as like something for me to work on to kind of perfect my craft uh, in a way, um, but not something that kind of sets it apart where, you know, people can't touch it or eat it or whatnot. Yeah. Cool. Um, all right. Who's next? I'll go. <laughs> yeah, this is Justin. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, you know, I'm a journalist. I've been a journalist for the past 13 years in my hometown of Pittsburgh and, and out here. I've been out here for seven years now with the planet. Um, so I've always been writing, you know, and I've always kind of leaned towards the more creative side. And just with that journalism, uh, my creative writing is observational in that sense, you know, and I've worked at a bar since I've, uh, moved here too. So a lot of good material, just observing people (laughs) from the bar stool. Um, but yeah, last, last year I graduated with, uh, my master's in publishing. So I went back to school to learn about how to put out books myself And the grant really helped out last year with the printing costs because I didn't realize how expensive that was going to be and mainly the shipping costs, getting a bunch of books shipped out to the mountains. Um, So that really helped. And, you know, it was a learning experience. So I'm just trying to kind of keep that momentum going with my second collection, which has the working title of Lies I Tell My Cat. (laughs) (laughs) And I have cover art, and I was just looking at some cover mock-ups actually uh, about a couple hours ago. So that the grant helps with that as well, working with a cover artist and a copy editor. Um, but yeah, I'm just trying to stay 100% independent right now. Um, but between the covers in town has been very supportive with the first book as well. So I want to give them a shout out. Cool. Yeah. Um, what sets apart your creative writing process from your daily grind process? <laughs> yeah, the, the kind of the hard news reporting is pretty straightforward and dry. Um, there's not much wiggle room to get creative in it, even though we try to do that just to make it interesting for ourselves. But I also write um, a monthly column, The Chopping Block. I've been doing that for the past four years. So what, that's what the first collection is. It's my uh, chopping blocks from those first four years. Uh, so that just allows me to write about literally whatever I want. It could be going to a heavy metal concert and watching a mosh pit too. My cat freaking out at all the mirrors in the house and tearing them off the walls. So... It just kind of gives me free range to, to do a little bit of anything. And, and it's such an insular, like, introverted act. Like, I'm always just in my own head anyway. So that's that's kind of what I like about it. I could just kind of get it out and, you know, mess with it. And then if someone likes it and, you know, re- it resonates with someone, that's great. But, but yeah, I think I, I just always have to get something out. I'm always thinking of something, you know. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, Ian, what do you have anything you'd like to share about uh, your moment of inspiration or, um, you know, what led you to this grant? Yeah. Hi, Ian back here. Um, I, so yeah, I've been in this town for about four years and I've done my side of hustling to be a freelancer and just the world of kind of design and film and that kind of stuff. And, um, this project has been on my mind for a while. And for anybody that doesn't know what a zine is, it's basically kind of a small booklet publication. Um, but it can be very creative and can really experiment with forms of like type and imagery and photo and um, even story and commentary and any of those things that you want it to be and it's kind of like a underground thing I guess but um, always been so interested in kind of this mixed media form and this community obviously has inspired me a lot and I've wanted to kind of incorporate sort of the subgroups and subcultures and the just the multifaceted sides of everyone here and what we do and I mean even just like lip sync on Friday night and how that's still alive and <laughs> so just kind of like that stuff and um, I'm so used to hustling all the time for just um, kind of making a living that this idea came about and then I knew about the grant and so the grant just kind of allowed me to free up space in my mind to have this as an art project and didn't feel like it had to be for work or for a client so um, that was kind of how it originated, and I'm yet to begin, but I have <laughs> all the ideas kind of in place, and I'm meeting with some people that are going to try and contribute some stuff, so that's kind of the status and the inspiration. Cool. And what do you imagine the final product being like? So it'll be a bunch of different um, little booklets, and they'll be basically they're copied, and um, I have some fun ideas for how to present it, but it'll be kind of broken down into some sections. I want to work with some friends um, on some kind of local environmental things and some culture things, and there might even be um, local organizations or institutions that I want to explore some stories and just talk to people and take portraits and that kind of stuff with. So it'll be a mix. It's going to be kind of like hopefully a lot of creative freedom and some ways to experiment with form, and um, but also... It'll yeah, just be a bunch of booklets and people can grab them and read them and look at them. I guess so. <laughs> yeah, it seems that Telluride has a kind of rich tradition of filmmaking and like filming um, or even photography as well. But I don't know so much about. I don't know if there are other zines that are being made. Um, are you aware of any in Telluride, or do you follow like zine culture? Or is this just dipping your toes in? Yeah, you know, I think there's like a really rich culture and history that I'm actually trying to dive into more because I think that they've stemmed out of like sci-fi and like a lot of fandom areas of the world. And then I actually was learning that they kind of were also like became commercialized and commodified. And I'm like, oh, am I doing that? I hope not. But. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, it's, it's really interesting history behind them. Um, and I just see them as, like, a freer way to make something that's not just, like, a textual thing or, like, a photo book. And you can really just, like, kind of experiment with design. And that's kind of why I'm interested in that. So, but, I mean, yeah, I, I think I picked up a couple when Ghost Town was around and Elena had a few in there. And that was really cool. And I've gotten some from other companies and other people and I went to like a zine 
like a whole zine store in New York one time. It was just like, whoa, this is a total world. So, um, yeah, it's something that's really cool and interesting that I don't know everything about, but it's kind of an exciting frontier to explore, I guess. So. I have some zines for you. Yes. <laughs> Dope. I want They're everything. They're heavy metal independent record. Right? <laughs> okay, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> still, yeah. still put them out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love that. Um, so there are a lot of creatives uh, and artists in Telluride, um, a lot of people who are kind of just like making things. When, uh, at what point did this project or this idea for all of you kind of step over into, oh, you know, I kind of like want some money to follow through on this. Like what does sort of the grant part of um, the commitment or the process sort of add um and and maybe have you done um i mean some of you uh certainly like make uh, a living partially based on your um creative practices but um yeah is this is this a different sort of uh, occasion um so for me i have always wanted to do kind of like an exhibit to showcase all of the portraits I've drawn over the years. Um, but the printing cost gets quite expensive. Um, so, you know, like having the milk and the espresso, um, that's pretty much like, you know, all I could actually afford out of pocket. So like having Telluride Arts um, help me on this project, I can actually do all the printing um, to have like hard copies, not just a coffee cup that dissipates in about five minutes. <laughs> Yeah, I guess for me, following up, it's still kind of like, it's it's, it's kind of this money thing that I don't, I guess it's maybe, maybe it's just my life, but um, I don't want men, money to be, like, costs to be, like, central to the project, and so I felt, I felt like applying and getting this grant would really help kind of free up the creative space to not be focusing on, like, how much things cost and trying to sell them and just letting them truly be kind of a, a form of expression to, like, share with people and have kind of create something around it, so... Yeah, again, uh, really when Zoe came to me with the idea, I thought, how can I teach this student that there's money out there for artists? And I said, oh, you should apply for a grant. And then I saw that it was 18 plus. So I'm like, I'll apply for you. We'll apply together. <laughs> and yeah, I, I've known this grant has existed and I've always thought about it. I'm like, oh, darn, it, it, the deadline passed again. Uh, but this one, with this one... It was kind of a combination between her idea and the large collaborative projects I do at Mountain School stay in Mountain School. And I've always wanted to do something more public that extends our reach into the public a little more. Have you ever done a mural be before? Um, not a full mural, no. Uh, so that's why I'm starting with this one, kind of like in a piecemeal way with yeah. a lot of collaborators. Cool. Yeah, I was going to say, similar to what Ian was saying earlier, like having some money to to pursue something that you're, you know, passionate about and creatively kind of just takes that anxiety away, right? It's kind of like the housing anxiety that we, we all have. And then once you find a, a steady place, you know, you're like, oh, I didn't realize I had so much anxiety. So the, the money the, the money's not maybe giving you anxiety in the sense that it's like, well, that's kind of take away from this or that. And you have to make it work. And you could really just focus on, like, the uh, artistic uh, aspect of it, I think. Cool. 
Um, and when uh, does Telluride Arts have specific kind of ramifications for what sorts of um, projects it would be most excited to fund? Like, were there goals that came with um, applying that kind of shaped your your ideas? I think part of mine was definitely to give back to the community in some way. And I, you know, to make it something that adds to the Telluride culture and brings communities together was one of the reasons. Also, for listeners, Zoe had to go to hockey practice. Oh, yeah, Zoe. <laughs> Zoe's very busy. <laughs> I, I would agree with that as well. Because it's such an artistic community, and when I was first coming up with this concept to put out a physical book, I was like, well, there's not any indie authors, publishers, you know? And, like, part of my more long-term vision is to work with other writers and publish them and kind of work them, walk them through the process. You know, we have the Bookbinding Academy, which, you know, is very similar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, but that's kind of where I was with it. I was like, oh, there's not, like, an indie author-writer scene. And so far, just putting out my first book in October, like, you know, we have a supportive community. You know, I've done a couple readings here, and, and it's available at the library, too, to check out. Um, but, yeah, just kind of offering it out there to see, you know, how it resonates. And for me is to actually um, just get a wider reach. Um, so people who have known me and tell you in the last 11 years or so, does, they do know that I do this kind of art form. But unless you're connected to me on a personal level, you haven't really seen my work. Um, so like using the grant from Telluride Arts, I'll be able to showcase, you know, the people of Telluride to the people of Telluride. Yeah, I was, um, I was looking back at past grantees, um, and was, you know, occasionally there would be somebody like, oh, yeah, you know, of course, uh, they're a major figure in the art community or something. Um, <laughs> or I had heard of them before. And then there were a lot of people where I was like, oh, like I worked with them. And I had no idea that they also did that. Um, so that was kind of interesting to see as well. Uh, and it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's cut to uh, a little music here. Um, we will play, this will be Lazy, Lazy Line Painter Jane by Aww. Belle and Sebastian, um, to inspire all the artists out there who are feeling a little lazy. Yeah. We'll be back in a few. Have a boy tonight on the first bus out of town. 
about a dose of thrush you got when licking railings. But you read in a book that you got free in boots. There are lotions, there are potions you can take to hide your shame from all those crying eyes. Lazy Jane all the time, painted lines you were sleeping in a And kept me down Hated hearing my name on the lips of a crowd Did my best to exist just for you Bet you rue the day you kissed a rider in the dark Bet you rue the day you kissed a rider in the dark Now she's gonna play and sing and lock you in her heart Bet you the day you kissed a rider in the dark I am my mother's child I love you till my breathing stops I love you till you call the cops on me I am my mother's child I love you till my breathing stops I love you till you call the cops on me I am my mother's child 
still feel you now and then Slow like pseudoephedrine When you see me, will you say I've changed? I ride the subway, read the signs I let the seasons change my mind I love it here since I start needing you Bet you rue the day you kissed a rider in the dark Bet you rue the day you kissed a rider in the dark Now she's gonna play and sing and lock you in her heart Bet you rue the day you kissed a rider in the dark And we are back talking about art in Telluride with some recent grantees from Telluride Arts. Give us a call if you want to join the conversation. It's 970-728-4333. Um, yeah, we'd love to hear your question for some local creative folks. Um, and... Yeah, during the break, we were talking about the intricacies of um, latte art. And I think that uh, listeners would be fascinated to hear um, about some of the differences between free pouring and etching. Um, and also, you know, mediums, like paint comes out of a tube, you know? How do you get your milk product to be, like, workable? Is that part of the challenge or uh, what's the secret? Um, yeah, actually, the, the biggest challenge is learning how to get your milk to be the right consistency. So um, I've been making coffee for so long now that it's actually come as second nature. And even in the restaurant where I'm working, if people are, are making a latte or a cappuccino for a guest at the end of the night, I can usually hear when something's going right or wrong. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, But yes, yeah, so you just have to make sure that the milk is almost like a... You know, like when you open up a new fresh can of paint, you want that gloss. You want um, like really tiny microscopic bubbles. You don't want the big bubbles because when you're using your coffee to draw on top 
of that milk. If you have big bubbles, it'll just pop the bubbles and it'll sink through on your coffee. Uh, one time, though, I did um, make a latte art with expired milk um, because I couldn't get to the store and it was during COVID. And surprisingly, that piece stayed on like intact for about 10 minutes. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So you'll be surprised. Um, I, you know, I, I said earlier that whole milk was the best type of milk, but I've also started using pistachio milk, and that works really well um, as um, as a medium. But it's definitely I, I like it better as an alternative milk for free pouring, and free pouring is um, is exactly in the name. Uh, you are free pouring your milk from the jug into your cup. And everything is in the wrist. Um, so you are using your wrist to control uh, very tiny movements to kind of get your uh, milk to, um, you know, sit wherever you want on top of your coffee. And then the form that I do mostly is called etching. Um, and that is, you know, I get my milk however I want it to be. And then I do actually use a spoon sometimes. So I use the spoon to scoop the foam into the cup to form, you know, the basic shapes. Like if I want a face, I'll, I'll do a circle or uh, what other. Um, and then I use my espresso as the paint. And with etching, you can get a little bit more um, accurate. So you can get really crisp, sharp lines. Um, but like I said, uh, this form, um, it's not very long lasting, so you just have to work fast. And a lot of times too, before I do any art, I hand draw on paper to kind of get an idea of where I want my milk to lay and where I want my espresso to go. Um, just so I can kind of get an idea of whether this piece is going to be able to be com completed or not. Do you ever crave a bigger canvas? I used the saucer once. <laughs> Do you ever just want like a whole pot, like a whole? Oh, that's a lot of milk to steam. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, I have my um, my specialty jug and my specialty cup that I use. Um, uh, the cup not as important, but the jug I, I did buy it from a very famous barista because uh, he promised that it would be better, and it actually is. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's very ergonomic and actually makes it easier to steam the milk according to how I like it. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> People would be surprised at how much I spent on a jug. <laughs> <laughs> and do you ever buy decaf coffee so you're not too wired from your uh, creations? I actually don't drink coffee. Oh, okay. People get that, mm hmm And so I used to work at the Coffee Cowboy for like six years and people thought I drank a lot of coffee, but... Not very much. Um, the caffeine does too much um, for me. And I think um, just like standing around it's coffee. It's just art for art's sake. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, or just I give it to other people, you know. Um, if I'm making it for myself, usually I'm making a matcha latte or maybe a hot chocolate. <laughs> Can you art with matcha latte at all? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, not as crisp though, because um, I do need like the really dark colors to kind of get through. Yeah, but yeah, I, I've done latte latte art, and that that works. Mm -hmm. I also understand you've traveled far and wide for your training, um, and I would love to hear from others too. Like, I mean, Trang, I definitely want to hear about how you went to Australia to learn how to make coffee. Um, but from everybody, I would love to hear about uh, I don't know, just like what got you into. Um, 
I feel like you would all identify differently, or I don't even know how you identify, but into a creative, um, you know, pursuit. Oh, so you want me to talk about Yeah. No, tell us about Australia. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Well, the the etching latte art world is not seen as a, one of the top uh, form of latte art. So I really wanted to learn how to free pour. So I went to Australia in 2016 when I was able to still be on the working holiday visa. And I got a job working at a coffee roastery and tried to learn from the top latte artists of the time, at the time, for, in Australia. And just... Um, actually got kind of ridiculed. They said that I was too American in my coffee consumption and my coffee habits. So I had to unlearn all of my uh, bad habits before I could touch their machines. Oh, no. <laughs> it, it felt like I was mo- I was living in Japan trying to learn the art of sushi. But this was <laughs> latte art. <laughs> but people took it really seriously there. And for three months uh, w- working with this company, I wasn't allowed to touch the espresso machine. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I had to earn my keeps. <laughs> but I learned a lot from them and they um taught me a lot on how to like, you know, appreciate the coffee culture and just appreciate the art of coffee in general. <laughs> what were the like American things you had to what were they said about <laughs> drinking too much? We burn our coffee, uh, okay, we well, oversteam yeah. our milk, and okay. we use too much sugar. Oh, yeah. All right, that's all correct. Yeah. <laughs> I've gotten something like that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, and, and our sizings are too big. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The American way. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They all resonate. I'll <laughs> go. <laughs> um... With me, I've always kind of wrote to process things, even just keeping a journal or whatever, even if it's just like a line or two that pops into my head or if I'm inspired by reading, you know, I read all the time. I'm a total nerd for it. So uh, I was just able to kind of translate that to journalism and make words kind of my my career. And then with the more creative stuff, it kind of all stems from like this idea that like the world's just a weird place like people are strange like if you like think of something and you're like looking at it especially if you're an observer like i am you're like this is weird right you know like late night bar scene during the festival is a little weird right you know like that's kind of where my inspiration comes from of just being able to like get it out of my head sometimes and maybe someone will agree with it or not (laughs) it's kind of where i'm at i took some writing classes in college and um one of the things that stuck out to me was there's a poet named Eileen Miles who was like, oh, if you want to write, you should just, she was like, it's cheesy, but if you get in the car and you just write from the car, like things mm-hmm. are passing like thoughts and there's constant like renewal. And I often think that Telluride in a very stationary way is like that. Like, it, I mean, even on yeah. the level of people watching, it's incredibly rich. You I know, was just, just going to say the transience of it, like the crowd for bluegrass is different from the crowd during horror show, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you could kind of get different flavors there, but that that's a, that is a thing that um, creatives usually um, come up with more ideas while they're in transit, even if you're just flying or, like, staying in a hotel, just changing up your surroundings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or walking, like Henry David Thoreau. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a walker. Yeah. I feel the same when I'm walking. 
and it's hard to get your ideas down at that moment. So I have a lot of voice memos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ideas. Yeah. Um, and you have a master's in literature, is that right? I do. Yeah. I went to school in Brooklyn at Long Island University, and I studied there for my bachelor's and my master's. And yeah, I've, I was on the track to become an English teacher when I happened upon the school that was more focused, like I said, on taking an approach toward education with a like a social perspective. And I just, the school luckily was kind of meant for artists and families that really appreciated the arts and didn't see it as holding back their academics. And so I really always try to get creativity and art into my projects as a teacher. Cool. Yeah. And um, do you uh, do you consider like your biggest art interest um, what is kind of happening in your classroom, or do you also have? Um, yeah, I have a hard time answering when people say, "What kind of art do you make?" Because I play ukulele, I like to paint, I like to draw. I most of my art is kind of in my sketchbook or journal and is often associated with travel. So again, that kind of is the reason I'm passionate about this project is because it's a lot of art that is based on students going out into the world, seeing our wonderful natural world around us, which is another reason I love Telluride. It's just, you know, Telluride's great, but all the surrounding areas are what really make it excellent for me. And to be able to bring students to those areas is just a special opportunity that I love to practice. We're going down to New Mexico and going to Chaco Canyon in the spring. So just bringing students to these kind of places and then having them be able to reflect on it is always the same kind of art I like to make too. It's just traveling, getting those experiences, putting it down on page. Mm-hmm. Ian, did you come to um, Telluride knowing that your true calling was lip sync? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Um, dude, it was like, that was, it's been like three years and I always missed the lip sync deadline. It's so frustrating. So that was definitely why I had to do it this year. <laughs> I had to go all out, for sure, and buy a $70 leather jacket at thrift store, so. Um, it's cheap for a leather jacket. I know, it's true. It's real leather, so that's good. Um, but, yeah, well, how do I, yeah, transition that into my project? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got... How do I bring that into my project, for sure? Are you, uh, I got a text that said... We got bronze. All right. We got bronze. I am a but... former lip sync winner. Yes. Well. Was, what would you guys do? We did Food of Fafa. Oh, sick. Uh, and we... Our other one was Adam Sandler's Lunch Ladyland. Oh, yeah, that's so fun. We did um, "Don't You Want Me" by The Human League. It was just like the most '80s thing we could do. Yeah, emerges '80s stars. So, Um, So I feel like a lot of people were kind of like that night. They're like, "How old are you?" And I'm like, "27." And they're like, "I grew up on that music." I'm like, "You did." Like, we're you know we're fans too. We're not like trying to like you know be the the resurgence of 80s music, Stranger Things thing. You know, I actually love that music. So, um, but Zines are very 80s. Cool, exactly. There you go. I, yeah. 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 I knew there was a reason, right? Yeah. 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 
But yeah, I don't know. That's that's lip synced. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and in terms of like other um, other pursuits, filmmaking, that kind of stuff, did you do that at a younger age? Like, do you feel as though um, art making is something compulsive or something that comes naturally or something that you um, need to like work out of yourself in a certain way, you know? Um, like, how'd you come across your interests? Yeah, I feel like I had some, I had some like middle school TV broadcast class that I took to, and it was like, we literally just made skits like all the time and it was just like the most fun thing ever and it's kind of an interesting way that I like got to film through that, I guess, but, um, and you know, things like lip sync and, um, and then I, in school, I was a film major and then I ended up doing creative advertising because I was super lame and thought that would be like the mature choice. Um, and through advertising, it was cool. It was like some creative work, but I felt like it was also just this, you know, classic, like marketable, like how do we message to people to buy this product? And you're like, oh, okay. So, and there's just this weird world that you have to like walk this line of like, um, what am I making? Like, what are, like, the intrinsic values of making this? And, like, what, how am I putting it out in the world? And, like, what's an audience? And how can I, like, connect those things? And it doesn't always just feel like it's a paid project, I guess. So, um, and, I've, yeah, I've always just been interested in the intersection of design and film and music and people and just kind of, like, culture in that way. So, um, yeah, bringing those things together and seeing how they could kind of mesh would be an exciting thing so sweet um i'm wondering if you all have thoughts on kind of um things that feel really empowering as uh an artist or somebody who tries to facilitate you know art making in general here until you ride um and things that feel limiting like what are what is there tension there in terms of things this community needs and things that we have um for people who want to make stuff. Um, I know when I first moved here, I was actually really intimidating, uh, tim intimidated just like seeing all of the fine art galleries on Main Street mm, yeah. and how like, you know, I can't be a an artist because I don't produce that kind of work. But then the more that I got to know the people of Telluride and the more I got to see that people are so multifaceted here and everyone is just creating in some w one form or another and it's really inspiring to have um like a whole entire network of people just create for the sake of creating and it helped it helped me actually realize that i too can be an artist um in my way <laughs> you just kind of sparked a thought of the strong house before it was a restaurant mm -hmm. <laughs> it was part of mm -hmm. telluride arts and the basement was a space for artists to come together and make art. There was a little jam space space for, you know, musicians. And I just, I think we could definitely use a little more of those free spaces for artists. And I know we do have a lot of supportive, you know, the aha is incredible and but I, do, I miss the strong house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, there's something very, um, that was amazing. very permissive about like a lack of structure. Yeah. Um, I was never here for the strong house, but a lot of things, you know, they're very organized and well-funded and sometimes artists need something that's not that. Yeah. Yeah. For, for me, it was, 
I was nervous about finding an audience. I mean, if I was writing about, like, Grateful Dead stuff, like, everyone would love it, right? But like, I'm writing <laughs> about, like, Slayer and, you know, like, this death metal stuff. So I was kind of nervous about if it would find an audience. But kind of in a town of black sheep, I kind of just like to shake it up a little bit even more. It was kind of my thing. Um, that's what I was most nervous about. And then once I put it out there and people were like, oh, yeah, you know, calling out stuff in the book or being like, oh, I listened to that band that you you mentioned, because I, I make a lot of musical references because I always write with music on, so they just seep into the pages. But I just thought that was cool that people were willing, maybe just to be open to other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think I can kind of third what you guys are talking about with, like, space, and I think they're, like, the places to convene and have conversations and, like, connect. And, like, I may mean, think of, like, even, like, a coffee shop where you can go sit down we have some, but, you know, a one where you can literally sit down, and I went to school in Boulder, so we had this place called Trident, and it was, like, you saw, like, all the most, like, people reading poetry and, like, arguing about politics, like, at a table, and you're like, damn, that's cool, you know? So, um, I think, like, even spaces like that are definitely limited, and I think that's, um, I wish there were, because I feel like people have this energy, and they want to, like, get it out, and they want to share it, and they want to connect, but... Sometimes, like, yeah, it is, like, the fine art galleries that make you feel like, oh, like, am I alone in this, or can I share? And so I think that's, yeah, that's something that I guess we just got to keep working on as a community to keep um, convening in those ways. Awesome. All right, that brings us pretty much to the end of our hour. Is there anything else you all would like to share about where folks can find you? Um final thoughts, or anything of that sort. I'd love to t thank Telluride Arts for the grant. <laughs> thank you so much, Telluride Arts. I uh, love what you do. I love the upcoming double art walk. Excited for that. And appreciative to that there's so much support for the arts in this town. I would agree with that. I don't think I'd be where I'm at working on a second book without Telluride Arts. And if anyone's interested in what I write, you could find it on my website. It's just justincriado.com, J-U-S-T-I-N-C-R-I-A-D-O.com, or social media, which is Criado138 on Instagram. Yeah, I'd like to thank Telluride Arts again as well. Um, this is not the first time I've actually been supported by Telluride Arts. In the past, I've tried to uh, do a little food cart business, and, you know, Telluride Arts, were they were behind that 100% and helping me um, launch during art and architecture. So I really appreciate having this organization um, help some um, emerging artists. Hmm. Yeah, thank you, Telluride Arts. Um, really cool to just have the opportunity to apply for a grant and just do a project and see how it goes. Hey, and thank you all so much for joining us um, and for sharing your thoughts and inspirations with Coda listeners tonight. Um, yes, you have been tuned into Off the Record, and this is just a handful, actually. There are even more artists who couldn't make it in tonight, um, who are working, uh, on their grant projects, um, and you'll probably see ripples of those in and around Telluride, and as I said before, there are also some Augment grants, so a lot going on in the arts community at this moment, and, uh, thank you for tuning in. Up next, it is going to be Bullwheel Riders Anonymous. After that, 9 p.m. on a silver platter with DJ Sterling. 
will take to the air. And uh, yeah, we hope you have a great evening and stick with us here at KOTO Telluride. Thanks for listening to Off the Record. Opinions expressed on this show are those of our guests. Join us again next week for another installment. And in the meantime, drop us a line at news at koto.org with feedback and ideas. Off the record.